Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, stop. 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 Travis, stop. Please. Tell him. Help. Tell him what you told us. Tell him about Cobalt. It's all right. Cobalt is the command code to initiate evac from the LA Basin. Evac? When? When, when do we leave? Not you, it's just us. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Fear Me, a podcast about Fear the Walking Dead. I'm Kim. This is Stuart. And Scott. And we are going to recap episode five of Fear the Walking Dead, Cobalt, which aired this past Sunday. All right, guys, so what were your overall impressions of this episode? I thought the episode was great. Um, And I know there was a lot of uh, critics out there that were saying that it was not, um, and um, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more questions answered, but I, I think I have that feeling every time I watch The Walking Dead as well. Ah, that's, okay, that's a good point. I'm more one of those critics. I, uh, I thought it suspended belief just too far. See, that's me. the Scott that I appreciate. That's the, the mm-hmm. critic Scott. Exactly. You, we weren't getting that last week. You actually said you liked the show last week. <laughs> Which is very unusual for you to like anything. <laughs> yeah, so. It kind of... It kind of bitch slapped me back a little bit this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really enjoyed Maybe we were this just episode. In a better mood last week. <laughs> I really enjoyed this episode too, but I didn't like it as much as I did last week. But I still thought it was a really, really good episode, and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, what were some of the major points that you really liked? I thought um, I thought one of the important things that happened in the show is somebody other than the military was finally finding out about what was going on with the dead. Uh, mm-hmm. Liza in the hospital finding out that, you know, that you had to actually take them out through the brain. Yeah. Uh, was the first time any of them have seen that. That they, you know, officially. So, yeah, I was I wondering. that was a really important part. I was wondering how long it was going to take for them to figure all that out. Well, they kept seeing people shot in the head, but but that didn't really, I don't think, well, they've been pretty blind to most things, so I don't think they were putting two to two, two to and two together on that. Yeah. But it seemed like even during the riot that some of the police officers, well, they did when they were shooting that goth girl, they shot uh-huh. her in the head. So it sounded like they had figured that out pretty early on. Same at the hospital. Yeah. Either they that or they patient. just, they just don't like goth. <laughs> that could be. But yeah, most of the other uh, walkers or the infected as they're calling them now, um, Yep. They uh, definitely didn't. They they did a series of body shots or beat them up or whatever, and then they would finally shoot them in the head. But it right. would take a series of uh, tries. Well, it's good that some of the characters are finally catching up with what's really going on a little bit. 
Um, now we just got to see if they can get together to share that information with each other. And they will. I think that we'll see that next episode. But we'll talk about that later, mm. I guess. One of the things that I was really was well, it really excited me was just the um, the uh, stadium full of walkers and mm-hmm. the whole idea that there's okay. So now we know where all the walkers are. They they said there was like two thousand people inside that right. stadium. So that kind of explains why we're not seeing too many people or infected people walking around outside the safety zone. Um, hmm. But uh, but isn't there like millions in that town? Well, yeah, that's what yes. I'm going to say next. Like we know there's 12 different safe zones, but that still doesn't explain where everybody else is. Like I assume some people left town and... Some people obviously were just outright killed by the military, which we still haven't figured out why they're doing that yet. Um, and then we've got these 2,000 people that are stuck in the stadium. And I can only imagine that there are other places where they've kind of trapped people that have turned. Sure. But, uh, but that's a lot of people. Or where right they there. congregated people and they turned because they were grouped together. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's what happened to those folks. They they were congregated in that that coliseum, and and then they started turning. Yeah, it really reminded me of uh, um, Hurricane uh, Katrina. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, uh-uh. That would be horrible. Yeah. No, it was. It's a horrible image. But I think Scott I, I, Scott does have a good point in the fact that it's that part is almost unbelievable that you have a uh, population that large. Uh, in an urban area that everybody's trapped in that stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not, you know, I don't, it's not believable at all. Or that, you know, there was a, they, they before the episode before when Maddie was out walking around um, and she saw a series of dead people on the ground. It's like, it's just, you're just not seeing enough of the population yeah. for, right. for what these guys were supposed to be able to control within 12 locations. Right. I mean, this, that's, that, that, is one of the big points I have as far as I'm just not believing this thing. I mean, this is a city of millions. Yeah. Um, there's There would be a lot more walkers around, even if the military's running around killing people. Not to mention, how did Daniel walk over to this place, and where the hell is it? Yeah. Like, I mean, how did he get out just to go, <laughs> to go out on a walk and be able to go see the stadium? So. Exactly. <laughs> that's a well, very that's good point. that's a good point. I never even thought about that. Well, it's just like how Maddie got out. Like, why did why did Maddie get out so easily? Well, I think probably why now that I think about it is because we were already showing they were already showing some scenes about how the military was already pulling out. Yeah, because yeah, remember they showed true. the looters and so forth, and they weren't caring that they were standing on the side of the road mm-hmm. when it was after curfew. That's probably that would be my guess. He just walked out. That's true. That's true. I think I think the military thanks for killing that point. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Sorry. I had a good one there. Damn. I really like that scene too of when when they took um Travis and they were supposed to be taking Travis to the hospital, but they had that little yes. stop. The, yes. <laughs> Pit stop. Yes, the little stop. And most yeah. of the military didn't come back. Yeah. And the other guys are like, Okay, we're bugging out. I was a little surprised that uh uh Lieutenant Moyers just up and disappeared like that. Um, but I know they didn't like him, so they probably just left him behind. Okay, so oh, he was the jerk, the jerk guy that was trying yeah. to make him shoot. Yeah, that was yeah. the question that I had was if that was the same guy because I'm having a really yes, hard time keeping him separated from everybody else. 
Yeah, it was him. But he was he up in the he turret. He was not the one that was the uh, the one in charge of everybody was or the entire National Guard troop that was. He was in that, charge that, of that in, that area. He was okay. Yeah, well, so that's that safe zone. So. Yeah. Okay. See, I thought that was a different guy. Yeah, and I tell you what, that the actor Jamie McShane, he did a fantastic job as Lieutenant Moyers. Yeah. He was I mean, good. What a jerk. <laughs> yep. I mean, there was not, but he was funny too. I mean, the guy was just an absolute ass, well, and he did a great job of it. There's all ways he could have used, just even mm-hmm. from the episode prior, uh, like the line where he was talking about Doug. Right. Or actually talking about uh, Travis working on the cars. I mean, he, like, mm-hmm. the way he delivered that was perfect. Right. I, I think that's that's the, the point that I that I liked so much about that. He wasn't just, like, he was evil, but he was he was a smart-ass evil. Yeah. And I think that made that character much <laughs> like more interesting. Yep. I agree. I have to say one of my favorites, if you don't mind me going on to my favorite now. No. You go ahead. I'm going to take us you from go, the girl. end of the episode to the beginning of the episode. And when they introduced uh, Strand, which I found out his name because I had to do little research online. <laughs> I, I made sure I didn't do too much research. But I found out <laughs> the guy's name, and I actually had to kind of look twice that it was an actual person's name. But his name is Strand. Yes. And he is the closer yes. that is manipulating Doug at the start of the episode. Right. And you kind of get this narrative from him, and uh, he's he's messing with him about his wife, and it was like, uh, it was like it was awful, mm-hmm. but gr- what a great start! And unfortunately, I felt like that was probably the best part of the episode, and really? I wish that that dr- was drawn out a little. Yeah, he, that character is awesome. I thought I thought I agree with you, Stuart. I thought that character was very strong, and you know, Kim, you'll appreciate this. You know, who he reminds me of. And maybe is stolen from the character. From the um, stand. Yes, Randall Flagg. Yes, that's ah, exactly what I Strand, thought of, too. Well, Strand. Yep. yep. So, I, you know, that, I think he may have been partially stolen from that character. Yeah, he was well, really as, dirty. As like a, yeah, as a husband, like, hearing him talk about, right. like, his wife. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I, I can relate to it personally. And the guy talking about, well... You can't do anything. You are powerless to help your family. But thanks for telling me this information so that I can take it or someone can take it and yeah. take over take over for you who can't do, do your right. job. Right, yeah. I mean, him pointing like, ah. out that she'll survive because she still looks good and she can hook up with someone who can actually protect her. Ugh. That yes. was cruel. So skeezy. But that is so Randall Flagg. I mean, he, he manipulated people and... and drove their emotions by just words the yeah. only thing i the only thing that bothered me a little bit was when they went back to him after he dealt that that whole um, right. deck to to doug um was him going back and being kind of more buddy buddy with nick and not i once once i found out about like why he was being more buddy buddy it was because nick's a user and whatever so he understands that nick can do whatever he wants to get what he wants right um but but the scenes just in between where he's saving Nick, I'm like, what the hell is he saving him for? I mean, I guess it's explained, but it was just it was kind of bothering me a little bit. But the the starting and like how he closed the whole thing with Doug. The only the other thing that bothered me, I, I should say, is that that Doug got taken away so quickly. It was like, why are they taking him away? The guy's right. crying, right? Because he's so. a threat. Yeah, I want to bring up in in a little bit. I want to talk more about the army itself. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, the Doug thing comes into some of my questions. Um, so let's come back to that. Um, I thought, uh, I thought one of the, uh, more interesting dialogues was the reveal on Daniel's background, finding out that he was actually the torturer, not the torturee. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah. yeah, that was that was surprising. And I didn't even catch that the first time I watched it. I just didn't put two and two together. But yeah, I it mean, changes the whole dynamic to Daniel, and it completely it explains why he's been so um, calm, cold. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In this situation, and he's able to handle it, no problem. Right. Well, and also explains why he goes straight for the torture thing so quickly. Right. It's like, well, why would you resort to that so fast? Because I mean, until until you hear the stuff about Cobalt at the end of the episode, it's like you're like, why is he why is he going to this so quickly? But that's his thing. I love the line, um, both. Both of the people on either side of their blade are actually the same. You just have to choose. Yep. <laughs> See, I didn't catch right. that either. I think I need to rewatch this episode. <laughs> yeah, my favorite line that he said was, uh, well, this might not, it's not word for word, but was, he said, you think I'm going to trade trade you for my wife? That's not going to happen. Right. And it was like, oh, that, that guy's, all his hope is gone. <laughs> yep. He is, he's, He's got to be the best character on this show. But the one thing I, I did suspend a little bit of belief on is how quickly um, uh, Ophelia seemed to jump on board with her dad doing that. Even though she was, you know, didn't want the guy hurt or whatever. She's not supposed to have known anything about his background. Because remember, he said that they, she did not know that, that he was it, the torturer. Yeah. yeah, but it seemed like he... Um... It seemed like he almost filled her in on some stuff in the background that we didn't see. Well, he says he fills her. He said he said he filled her in. He just did not oh, tell her go. who he was. Right. Which, which side, side of the blade he was on. Yeah. Yeah, but she was not too happy when she found out how far he went. Right. When she came back to the house, she was really upset. Which, mm-hmm. to me, I was like, well, what did you think he was going to do? I mean, he's. Well, she was a little. She was a little cold because you could tell she was manipulating Adams. Oh well, of course, yeah, because she just needed that medicine for her mom. Right. Oh, Adams is the corporal. Yep. Yeah. So, okay, okay the guy that gets tortured. Skippy. Gotcha. Yeah, and by the way, by the way, um, that kid did not need to be tortured to spill the beans. I mean, come on. No. No. <laughs> that, All she needed to do was flash a little boob, and he probably would have done it. He was. I, I mean, really, the guy was. The guy was falling for her. Um, I'm sure he would work for them. He would have helped them out. Yeah. And and I just it it just to me it didn't seem very believable that that he would even have to go through the torture. I mean, the kid was scared to death already. He mm-hmm. would have blabbed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just a corporal in the army. Well, do you think that Daniel actually killed him at the end? No, I don't. No, no. I think they may in the next episode, but he's not dead yet. They had in the little um, brief at, at the end. They were talk. They showed something about we don't need him anymore or something like that. Oh right. yeah. Well, maybe he will join their for- forces. They seem to be having a very buddy buddy chat at the end, <laughs> which I thought was like really. <laughs> Your arms <laughs> open, dude. Yeah, exactly. He's got a nice little filleted arm. <laughs> Yeah, well, it kind of reminded me of, like, um, Hannibal Lecter, like, you know, sitting there torturing his guys and then, like, eating his brain at the same time. Yeah, but... It's like the guy, like, was in so much pain, in so much shock, he didn't really realize how bad it was. 
And Adams doesn't like farfur beans, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hell is a farfur bean? Yeah, I know. It's fava, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of farfur beans either. Oh, give me the girdles. But the other thing that Maddie did say that was related to the to Daniel torturing, actually, there was a lot of stuff that was related to Daniel torturing the people. Right. Um, was uh, did did he tell us what we want? Right, that was a very pivotal but, line to tell. Yeah, because it was like it, it was saying, you know, I'm okay with what you did. Did mm-hmm. did we get what we need? But did you and, know, did you notice when Maddie was sitting at the table and um, and Travis came back after his walkabout with the soldiers, uh, and Maddie looked up at him and said, "Oh, you're back. Are you okay?" And that was yeah, about it. She had no emotion. I mean, there was no emotion or anything. <laughs> No emotion. Oh, you're back. Are you okay? You know, I was kind of like, okay, she's checked out. I think out. she's drunk. I do too. Drunk and, and just kind of cold to everything. Yeah. yeah. Emotionally shut down, I guess you should, should say. Yeah. Yep. yep. Whose turn is it? <laughs> Kim, you haven't gone in a while. Okay. Go ahead, hon. Um, so, okay, Griselda's speech as she's dying. Yes. When she's in the hospital yes. and she's dying. I mean, you can, you know how like when people are getting ready to pass away and they supposedly see angels or, you know, loved ones that have gone on before them and they kind of have this dead stare and they're just, they, they think they see them and they're talking to them. Well, that's what this reminded me of. And I didn't really catch on to what she was saying at first, like who she was talking to. And I'm still not quite so Uh sure, but I'm just wondering if. She was, if she's talking, she's talk, talking to the devil. That's what I was gonna say. If she was talking yeah. to the devil, or maybe even the tor- people who tortured them when they were back in El Salvador. No, no. See, that's just it. They didn't get tortured. That okay. was her whole confession. Okay. She had participated with her husband in the atrocities, uh, or at least at least supported him in the atrocities. Okay. And that's why she says, uh, "I see you now, and now you see me," or something like that. Is right. That what she said. Yep. I, I didn't catch, like, I knew that was an important uh, point, and I didn't get to catch as much of it as I wanted to either, but I knew that her speaking in Spanish, the translation of it was probably uh, very important. Yeah, I, I went back and watched it a second time. She was, It was her deathbed confession. Right. That she had not been such a good person either. Hmm. Yeah, what a turn of events, huh? Like, they seem like such natural, normal people, nice people. And then to find out that they were the ones that were being the torturers. Yep. But they were also surviving. Exactly. So that that's more poignant to what Daniel said last week when he said that he realized that his dad was uh, an idiot or something. I can't remember exactly yep. what he said. He was a fool. He was a fool. Yeah. Okay. He was a fool for believing them. Yeah. Yeah. That explains a lot now. Yeah. But it does. So now I wonder what Daniel's going to do when he finds out that she's dead now. How he's going to react. Um... I don't know. Way is, way, as cold-hearted as he is, I'm not so sure he's going to have too much more than what he's going to do anyway. Well, he was already saying, and I don't know if he was saying this just to get in, in the guy's head, but he was saying that he, um, you know, he wasn't going to trade that the corporal for his wife. Right. So I mean, he was already, I think, in a way, he'd already uh, under- given up. Yeah, he's already understanding that he's probably not getting her back. Yeah, that's the understanding. Um, I all he to. can do is is protect himself. Yep, and his daughter. And his daughter, yes. Hmm. 
Which he's not doing a great job of when with her like going around hanging out with this guy in the first place. Unless he thinks she's bait. Yeah, and see, that's that's the thing, though. He may have been getting her to do that because yep. um, he was planning on doing this all along. One of my, you know, one of my biggest problems with this whole thing is that we've missed too much mm-hmm. in the story. Well, this whole break that they took in between from episode three to episode four, where we went nine weeks or whatever it was. Nine days. Nine days. Nine days, excuse me. Um, That's a huge jump, Scott. It, well, it is a big jump because, you know... <laughs> no, the, one what the, happened is a huge jump for sure. What I mean, our attraction to watching this show was to see how things went to shit when this all went down. And they kind of just skipped over it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they that's just, what Kim was, Kim was saying before was that maybe they didn't know how to write to it. Yeah. I mean, there's um, a lot there that, that they're missing. I mean, and, and frankly, they're borrowing some stuff from some other shows too, which I was real thrilled about. There's a lot yeah. in this in this show from uh, uh, 28 Days Later. Yeah. It makes me wonder how um, involved Robert Cookman really is in the writing of the show. And I don't think he's involved that much. I think he's just lending his name to it and the idea of it. But I don't think he's doing much of the writing. Yeah, maybe Although not. he is credited on the next episode. So maybe he's mm-hmm. just doing the opening and closer. Maybe so. Want to have more control over the finale. Right. Um, but that's, that is a huge hole for me in this show. And that's one of the things that is making me not enjoy this show as much as I would like to, is they kind of just skipped over the main reason I turned it on. No, I, I agree. And, yeah, and, um, I, I kept trying to think of it in more of a positive light in that maybe they are skipping over this because the information going in and out is being controlled. And so the people that they that are in this encampment aren't getting the information, so they don't know what's going on. So it's nine days later, and they're still in this encampment trying to figure out what's going on. It's a huge reach. I I, I agree. To me, it feels more the, like a cop out. Yeah, it feels and more and like fine. a writer cop out that they just yeah. uh, they didn't know how to write towards that, like Kim was saying, and uh, and that that's what we get. And but that again, back to your point. That was the whole reason that it was an attraction to the show. Right. Was let's continue seeing some of the uh, the buildup and right. um, you know these little hints of the zombie, you know the the infection spreading, and then all of a sudden it's like oh nine days later everyone is dead. So I think once they get out of this encampment, my hope is that you're going to start seeing more signs of these kind of things happening. You're going to see more breakdown in the society. I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe these guys have been completely trapped in there and, and everything has been has been hidden from them. Maybe there's actually people still out there. I think I think you're going to be looking at them escaping from the army and then it's going to be like The Walking Dead. Where they're I surviving from one situation it's... to the next. Yeah. Well, do you think that if The Walking Dead never existed that you would like this show? I think that's a good question because I have asked myself the same thing. And I have to say that yes, I would I would love this show mm-hmm. if the, if I didn't have The Walking Dead to compare it to. Yep, I I'm feel not, the same. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Uh, I'll tell you why. I um, that show Revolution that NBC had on. Yeah, had a really good premise. I thought mm-hmm. it was it was very interesting. Um, but it was cheesy. 
it was cheesy, and I expected to see more of like society breaking down, and it was just like this. I mean, you all of a sudden everybody was past the breaking down point, and you were in the new society. Yeah. Um, I I think it's just you know it's weak. But that lead actor is super cheesy. <laughs> they all were. <laughs> <laughs> He was he was bad, and this this I think is a little different in that, in that it's it's definitely more of a a serious. Th- well, I guess sure. that was that was supposed to be serious, but it right, just right. didn't didn't come across that way because it had too many one liners. It was too. It was it was definitely a TV show. Yes, and this this is feeling a lot like a TV show to me. I don't know. Walking it's Dead, still... I think, has more meat on it. Yeah, but see, I mean, even I like I okay. If we're gonna compare it to The Walking Dead, like I'll look at uh, at Rick and his character. To me, is cheesy now. Like he doesn't <laughs> talk. He's like pissed off all the time, and he says one liner things. Walks out of the room. Yeah, little um, David Caruso. Yeah, well, not like yeah, not like that. He doesn't pull his sunglasses <laughs> off. But no, it's it's you know like. He's become a caricature of himself. Yeah, exactly. All the all of the actors have been kind of caricaturized. I don't know if that's because the writer writers are too scared to break out of what um, they're comfortable with with some of those characters or what. But um, I feel like the characters in this show, even though everybody says that they are not um, that they're boring, mm-hmm. um, I don't think feel all of them. Some of them, I should say. Um, have a lot to work with, like mm-hmm. Nick. I like Travis, even mm-hmm. though he's weak. Um, look at uh, you know some of the outside characters, like like I was saying, like that that uh, closer guy Strand. Right. You know, I think there's a lot that can. I want to. I want well, to know book. what he's going to do. Like, right. He's I, I, an open book. We we just got introduced to him. Yeah, but I feel like Travis is still an open book. I think he hasn't come mm-hmm. out of his shell yet. He was still being kind of weak. Yeah, I was uh, very. That, dis- even though he did make that th- threat, which wasn't even uh-huh. a freaking threat, right? Um, when he talked back to that guy, that's all he did. He talked back to him honestly and said, "Listen, people are going to get pissed off." I was so disappointed though that that scene ended the way it was. I really wanted him to get into the lieutenant's face a little bit. Yeah, I did too. I wanted him to get more pissed off too, but at, to uh, it seemed like a reasonable reaction uh, for a guy who he's very he's questioning what's going on. But yeah. he's still trying to keep the peace. Sure. Um, and he's still trying to keep the peace up until he hears all about the cobalt stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, holy shit. Like, I mean, anyways, we can go into that a little bit more later. But, but, but the, a about- lot of the, my point is a lot of the characters, I think, still have a lot that can be worked out. Uh, Chris, I, I hated before, and uh, I'm starting to like him more. Even though in this episode he annoyed me a little bit because he was like, Trying to talk to his dad and trying to keep uh, Matt. Was it Maddie? Keep Maddie. I keep wanting to say Maggie. Sorry. Keep Maddie out of it. But um, you know, he was trying to be like, "Oh, it's my family." Right. So I, I don't know. I, th- I think there's a lot to go on here. I definitely think that if The Walking Dead was never around, I would think this show is awesome. But I keep having to compare it to The Walking Dead. Well, that's and unfortunately the, the writers. Show. Yeah, I think unfortunately the writers are just playing to The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, instead of creating something that they had the opportunity to actually make something cool out of, which well, is we, how does this happen? Right. I mean, even in, you go back to um, Dawn of the Dead, they're in the shopping mall and stuff. It's like it, every, the zombie apocalypse has already happened. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's a missed opportunity. But, you know, um, 
Stu, we'll talk about a little bit more when we get into some uh, points that a writer has said about what he feels are the failings of the show. Yeah. And, and we'll talk more about that because its comparison to uh, The Walking Dead is one of the points that he brings up. Okay. So should should we go on to another one of our favorite parts then? Yeah, let's stop being so negative. <laughs> I'm out of is favorites. It, are you really? Yep. Okay, well, I had a lot of favorite quotes, but Kim, do you want to go? Well, my other favorite was just the whole idea of cobalt and to finally have an explanation of what cobalt is and why they possibly were thinking about using it as a show title um, or as at least as a working title. Um, and so just, just, try, just finally realizing that it's the code word for the military. Uh, how did he say it? They're going to humanely take out the people there at the safe zone? Huma- humanely euthanize, I believe is what he said. Humanely yes. euthanize, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's kind of scary, but I could see that happening. It's like a, an overcrowded vet clinic. See, that's. Can I go on my tirade a little bit here? Oh, no. I, I thought, no, I just I went on my tirade. Did. Yeah, I thought we were supposed to do positives here. Okay, go ahead, but Scott. Th- no, no, no. We'll come back to it. But, but no, I go ahead. Go. I want to hear it. All right. I thought this was completely unbelievable. <laughs> there is no way that the military would eradicate the civilian population. There's no way. That's total garbage. These are American soldiers brought up in America brought up to protect people, and all of a sudden they're acting like some third world uh, African country that's eliminating the voting population. No, that's ridiculous. They, they need the people. They need, they need um, civilians and so forth. They would enlist the civilians. They would have them doing labor. They need people for labor. They're not going to eradicate them. What, what, what possible reason would you have for eradicating all the people? I mean, that, when I heard that, I was just like, okay, that's it. That's it. I'm done. Yeah, it was I, weird how um, just the, the, how the soldiers were even treating the people. It was, you know, they, um, it was just a, a negative towards them. I mean, I, if you're a grunt on the, you know, on the front lines or whatever, I can understand, you know, thinking that people don't appreciate stuff. But Well, let me no, ask you I, this. What is one deficiency that the Army has? Yeah, women. Oh, hmm. well, that's true. Not as many women in the military. So you're going to kill all the women in the society? That's a good point. And if they're going to kill, and if they're going to kill all these people, why have they got them caged up? Well, that's what I think that you're not taking into consideration is maybe they know something that we as the viewer don't know. Maybe we're supposed uh-huh. to not know, turn it off in our head, that everybody's infected. Maybe the military knows that at this point, and we don't. Uh-huh. And maybe they're, seeing, think... maybe they're seeing that as a threat already. I don't see that. I don't see it. No, I mean, it's, I, it, there's just no way that they're going to do that to the population. Or even resources could be depleted pretty quickly. I don't know. That well, then, seems unreasonable. But. Then why set up the safe zones? Why are you protecting people? Just to well, turn around and kill them? Control. Yeah, control. Control the population. Well, just kill and them. That's, I mean, that's again, them. I think there's, there's too many questions as to what's going on around them right now. I think there's still unanswered stuff out there. And I think keeping them closed in with no information is control. So what are they controlling them from? What are they controlling them for is what the question is. Exactly. Well, because remember. There you go. They're controlling them to kill them? Doesn't make any sense. No, there's got to be something else that we don't know about yet. Because these are really able-bodied 
people that are probably willing to help out, but yet they don't want them. But remember, they were killing people outside the walls too, not people that had been turned, just actual real people. Um, right. So there's a reason behind that too, and I just think that we don't know about it yet, and we'll probably find out next week. But also, okay, here, let me let's step back a second. Also, maybe these this is a rogue unit. I don't because think so. once they killed that one guy, they're like, "Screw it, we're out of here." Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, know what you're saying, but I still just don't think that that would happen. And this lieutenant was not over everybody. Lieutenant Moyers? Yeah, that's true. He, he wasn't. Okay. I mean, there was a whole headquarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. I don't know. Maybe they're sacrificing some for the better of the good. I, You know, they're going to have to work real hard to convince me. Okay, now here's the other thing. When he actually was talking about the whole, co- whole cobalt thing, I yeah. did not take it originally that he was talk- they were talking about euthanizing everyone. I thought they were talking about euthanizing the people at the headquarters area. No. No. They were talking about euthanizing everybody within the walls. Okay. I did think it was kind of funny that when they finally do find out Cobalt, that it's happening the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they find out in what happens in nine. It, so oh, when yeah. is this happening? At nine o'clock uh, in the morning? That's exactly what I said to Kim. I was like, well, good thing they tortured him. Yeah, right. <laughs> as quickly as they did. <laughs> good good lord. We better start packing. Oh God! <laughs> also, let me let me say this too. If they had a master plan to do something as horrific as that, why are they telling it to a corporal? You know, these ground soldiers—they told all the soldiers about this. Well, they were talking about it on the radio. Remember? I know, but I mean, but Openly. you can still have code names for things, and and the soldiers not knowing exactly what that means. Yeah. I mean, these guys supposedly knew the whole story. Corporal, Corporal Skippy sure knew it. <laughs> well, maybe I think that's why some of the soldiers decided to leave. Right, right. But my point is, is I no, I get you what you're saying there. But my point is, is why would they tell everybody they're going to do something this horrific to make the story move further? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Because they're trying to figure out a way to get rid of the military so that Travis and his family can go wandering through the streets of L.A. Well, yeah. yeah. And I deal think with gangs. Yeah, I think it's definitely a vehicle to to uh, to make an escapes episode is what we'll see next week. But, right. Yeah. But come on. You can do better. You can well, do like better. you said, the, there is no need to escape now. Those guys are gone. They're toast. They're yeah. out of there. Well, I think you just have to suspend your disbelief a little bit <laughs> and just carry on. I've already okay. been suspending my disbelief. Now I pushed it completely over the edge. Okay, but one another one of my favorites talking about the soldiers was when um, that corporal backed down after Ophelia uh, was throwing bottles and stuff against the fence, and that that mm-hmm. one guy said, "Okay, you know, I'll take care of her. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, don't worry about it." And that other corporal was like, "You mean the sergeant?" You know, or was this no? The when the guy that said, um, "Yeah, take your hands off my stripes." Nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you talking about? But thanks. No, the guy the guy that said um, that, he, that he... Oh, he said, uh, oh, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. And then he walked uh-huh. away. And then he said, uh-huh. yeah, you better get control of that guy. And then the next scene you see him, he's in the Jeep. Right. And he's like, he's all beat up and he's got um, right. bruises all over his face. And they said, oh, what, you know, why, where, how'd you get that all over your face? And he said, oh, momentary lap, lapse of patriotism. Oh, that's right. That was classic. Yeah. Which yep. I thought was a great quote. Yep. That was good. Who was the writer on this one? 
Well, it was the same director as that. It was that Carrie Scogland, right? Right. And she's directed for The Walking Dead before, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a big difference. People who understand Robert Kirkman do better with their episodes when they're directing and writing. If you don't understand Robert Kirkman and his style of writing, I think that's why we're just not seeing the quality that we would see in The Walking Dead. You think it's not researched enough or it's not you're just not seeing what? I don't know. It just makes me wonder if they're... I mean, I know that the previous directors and writers for the other episodes have a lot of experience and have done some really amazing work on other great shows. But I just wonder if maybe they're trying to hand some of these episodes to people who... I don't know, maybe aren't used to the horror genre or... Or maybe Kirkman has a hard time relaying his vision to people sometimes. I don't know, maybe, but... I mean, The Walking well, Dead has a different director. Well, he does hang out writing comic books. <laughs> true. That's true, I mean... Hey, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Fear does saying? not have a comic book to stand, ba- stand back on, so... This is true. Maybe that's part of it, too. But that being said, I still like this show. I think it's really great. Uh, don't sound so enthusiastic, please. Well, no, I'm serious. I do like okay, it. Okay, okay. And I'll definitely watch it next season just oh, to I'll, see what's going to happen. I'll, I'll watch it next season. We're doing a show. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. <laughs> I'll, we'll see. I think the, the next episode has a lot to make up for. Yeah, it's got to well, be a put big it rebound. Way. It's got to be a big rebound next week. Yep. Okay, so here's the other thing I got to ask about uh, Scott. Let me ask you: the whole yes, scene with Alicia and and um, Chris. Chris, what did you think if about that? Bring this up. Uh, again, I thought they they stole some of that stuff from uh, Twenty Eight Days Later, um, when the girls are trying on all the clothes and so forth. I mean, mm. it was. I I thought it was good. I mean. They they're trying to build this tension, sexual tension between those two, which is yeah. disgusting, right? But it's <laughs> it's something for the characters that they're kind of lacking in right now. I think so. it was well, just as a bunch we, of I think as teenage we, as we, angst. We, mm-hmm. Yeah, and as we've talked about both those characters, there's a lot that's just lacking. Yeah, so they're trying to do something. It seems with them. Yeah, but let's not go the sexual route. Like, having her almost drop her dress, like, that just gave me the heebie-jeebies. And that's supposed to, that could be her potential, uh, what would he be, stepbrother? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. See, I, I just, to me, that whole scene out of the entire thing in the episode was unneeded. Yeah, it was, it was just kind of, it was, it was just useless. Yeah, that was another thing I was going to say. The, some of the, um, and it's not just this episode, but a lot of times they just have these filler conversations going on mm-hmm. yeah. that just are not needed. It just bogs down the story. You know, one thing I was disappointed in, not that I haven't mentioned anything I wasn't disappointed in in this entire episode, but <laughs> was <laughs> what happened to that flasher guy? I know, yeah, I never so mentioned wanted, him again. I was so wanted to know what happened with that guy. I want and I'm I mean, they've gotta have some hint towards him again. It's well, just cause that whole episode was based along about based on three different people experiencing seeing this guy trying to signal him. Well and then yeah, they go kill him. Right, and the whole idea with that of that scene, really, the whole idea of that whole concept was to um was to put Travis in a position of 
questioning his values mm-hmm. and questioning what he's thinking because he saw that guy killed at the end of the show. But what I didn't get is when they come out in this this show la- the other night and it's like he hadn't that hadn't happened. Yeah, he's still trying yeah. to work with the military like he did all the rest of that that episode. Yeah, he was he wasn't so pissed off enough. He wasn't no. pissed off as like no. you thought he would be. No, I still. I still think that he's in denial, total denial. He doesn't know that the military did that. He's pretty. He his face on that last episode was was very apparent that he he knew what was going on. But he can't he was prove shocked. it. But, but he like done. Scott was saying in the last episode, though, or in our last, it installment, freaked him out. It freaked him out. Yeah. Yeah, but in in our last installment, like you said, Scott, the weird thing about last the last episode was there was no sound. There were no gunshots. There was no fighting. Right. And he goes up there. He's sitting on a roof. It's nighttime. It's completely quiet. He's seeing gunshots ringing out from the place where his son was pointing towards. Right. He knows something happened. And he knows the military is involved with something screwed up that his son thought there was someone living over there. Right. And that's there's a question there. And he's also shocked because he's the one who provided the information to the military about where that person was. Exactly. I know, but that's why I wish I had seen a, a scene this time where he was asking the military guy, you know, I just saw this happen and I just told you about it. Like, do you know anything about it? If I wish he would have just brought it up again or just be freaked out and tell Maddie about it. Yeah, that too. Yep. Or just show much, much less trust and more strain. Yes. Yeah, I just I think he's still in denial, and I think all these little pieces are coming together to show him the reality of what the world is like now, and that he can't trust people. Now he has to. He knows what the reality, or he's going to know what the reality is, because now the military is gone. Now they have no protection, and they haven't been dealing with it since the outbreak. Mm-hmm. So now they're screwed, because now they probably don't have any weapons. They haven't been dealing with these things at all and you can tell travis is scared to even shoot him in the first place so i think you know it's gonna be interesting on as as to where it goes from here well i want to see travis get pissed he's been manipulated for all for the last couple of shows i want to see him actually get pissed off yeah he's got two wives come on man (laughs) everybody's you know everybody's (laughs) anger is dying down you know maddie's anger is getting lost in her craziness and and Daniel's not really angry. He's just kind of cold-hearted guy. Yeah, I think he's just having fun, actually. I, w- I w- and you know, Ophelia got angry. Okay, we saw that. But I want to see Travis be the angry guy. Yeah. In their group. Well, he's probably going to have to wake up Maddie at some point. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And that's that's going to happen. That's probably just that's a given. Probably. Maddie's on a booze cruise. Well, I'm still. Yeah, that's going to be a boring situation. I'm still convinced actually, that somebody major is going to die next week, and that's probably going to uh-huh. be what wakes Travis up and Madison. Maybe it's going to be one of them that dies. Maybe Madison. Well, you know the other weird thing is that Alicia girl. She's actually gotten happier since this whole situation happened. I know she's riding the around on a bicycle and just. I know, a like good the first time. couple episodes, she was pissed off all the time. She's like, "Oh, Nick." jackass is always getting all the attention blah 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 and now she's like yeah she's having fun especially after we saw the previous episode all upset about the woman who committed suicide yeah um oh, i forgot what i was gonna say it was a good point though it was a very good point i'm glad we <laughs> broke that down oh i know how far away is the hospital from the safe zone you said 15 minutes 
So that that hospital probably doesn't just handle people from that particular safe zone. There's probably people from other safe zones that get transported there too, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, that was the implication. Well, yeah. it was like a headquarters hospital, right? Or was that yes. different? Yes, it was okay. headquarters in a hospital. Okay, so that's obviously where there's going to be a lot of ammunition and artillery and stronghold, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all, they're all going to have to make their way over there next week at some point, or try to. Well, they got to find Chris and and uh, Liza. Liza, so they'll go there yeah. anyway. I tell you, the character I actually like is the doctor. Yeah, she's growing on me Dr. too. She Dr. irritated Ex- me last Exner. week. Exner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she's she's obviously, uh, you know, some people I'm sure think she's being manipulative or something, but I think she's obviously trying to be honest with some of these folks and is not happy with the way things are. Because remember, she was a little surprised that um, Liza didn't trust her when Liza went down to find um, uh, Esmeralda yeah. or Griselda or whatever her name is. You mean when she said, what, you don't trust me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so my point is, do you think that they're going to carry out the Cobalt mission at the hospital? Because she didn't seem like she knew what was going on. She didn't know anything about Cobalt, the doctor. Exactly. And, you know, was she going to be Cobalted? Exactly. Probably. See? But that why, doesn't yeah, make why sense. Would they tell, why would they tell the doctor that they're going to kill everybody she's trying to save, though? Like, what's the point? Well, the doctor knows something's bad was coming. She, oh, yeah. she know, Well, she knows something is bad with the military in general. Right. She knows something is bad with the National Guard. I don't think she um, knows the extent of what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's not as informed. Right. But she knows she, something's rotten. Well, that's why she, I think that's why she told um, Liza to be there in the first place. Because she was right. like, yeah, you need to be here because we need help. But also, you need to be here because you need to protect your friends. Mm-hmm. Because she and ain't I think good she, over yeah, at and the I, hospital. I think she was also to, implying to her, come with me, you'll be safer. Yeah. That's the impression I got too. Oh, really? I didn't get that. Okay, I, I thought it was more like, "Don't you know? You need to be with these people." But yeah, no, no. I think it was. I agree with you, Stu. But I also think there was a implication of, you know, if you come with me, you're also going to be safer. Mm-hmm. That you know, she was implying she knew something bad was coming down. Yeah, right. And it might be something as simple as thinking that the walkers or the infected, whatever we're calling them, um, have more access, have more easily. How do I say that? Have easier access to the safe zone. (laughs) (laughs) People than than they would inside the hospital because it's more fortified. Mm. Fortified. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, obviously, though, that uh, being fortified in the library didn't help out a whole lot either. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did you guys have any other points that you wanted to talk about with this episode? Oh, you know, the one thing I did like. Hmm was um, when Travis is in the the Humvee and the guys go into that one fortification, whoever it was, they said there were people that were not playing uh, playing ball with them, I guess. And all, all you hear on the radio is too many, too many. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And you see a couple zombies, like, fall over the railing mm-hmm. and stuff. And right. And you're hoping, you're thinking there's, like, a horde just going to come out all of a sudden. Of yeah. course, he doesn't know what's going on, but all year is too many, too many, and he's just freaked out the entire yeah. time. I thought that was a, that good, was a scene. Very good scene. But what was he looking at? The building. He kept uh, looking at the, the radio. 
He was looking at himself in the mirror. He's trying to fix his hair. He must have been, because I'd be staring out the window. I thought he was <laughs> watching mean, the door kinda... to the building. No, he was... He, he was, was waiting he kept, for, like, they kept little, showing the radio. a little cartoon bubble to come up that said too many on it. Yeah. Because so, he oh. said this is based on a comic book, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. He was looking for, oh, shit. <laughs> no, I like that scene, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I thought it was good when the guy threw the grenade in there. There yeah, was a horde totally. coming out. Yeah. Yeah, so apparently there's a couple of hordes running around. Well, and then the guys come out and they're like, uh, yeah, we're dropping you off close and we're I know, I'd here. be like, take me to that damn door, guys. <laughs> like, I want to be at the gate. I'm not walking. Right. Take me, take me back to the donut shop. Hey, he was just happy they were taking him back. <laughs> With old Kimberly. Yes, yep. Kim. <laughs> Let me go shoot Donut Kim now. Poor Donut Kim. <laughs> she had a horrible complexion. <laughs> she, oh. did. she did. You know what? When I saw the previews for that, I thought that was Nick. Um, Nick. Yeah. I oh. swear to God, I thought that was Nick. He had, she had the yellow <laughs> shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> Same wearing Dale's clothes. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was just strung out. <laughs> no, I thought it was Nick Zombie. <laughs> Nick. He Nick. had an overdose, right? And he died, and now he's a zombie, and... <laughs> Works at a donut shop. Yeah. Nick, get some clothes. You're not Kramer. <laughs> Jesus. Someone else brought up another point that we didn't talk about last time was he went in the pool and then he went and put those clothes on again. Yeah. I know. I know. Isn't that right? <laughs> <laughs> He's, I, it, I, maybe it's his tribute to The Walking Dead. Maybe. He's wearing Dale's clothes. Maybe. Yeah. He's, all the other clothes are infected, I guess. I mean, hell, you know. Well, the, he was wearing a cheesecloth starting out, so like, why the hell not yeah. go with something a little bit more? That was in Freddie, the casual Freddie wear Mercury department. style. Um, <laughs> yeah. Leisure wear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you th- if you think about it, even on The Walking Dead, they tend to wear the same outfits for a really long time. Well, yeah, yeah but they, they don't live in the house. But there's houses full of clothes everywhere. Yeah, every now and then they'll be like, oh, and they'll put on like a nice thing, and then it's like, but they're not wearing it in the next scene. No. And, w- and what was his name? Uh, the guy with the uh, with the, the cap. Guy um, with the cap. The big black oh, Tyrese. guy. Tyrese. Tyrese. Jeez, Tyrese, get a clean shirt. Yeah. yeah. He never had a clean shirt the whole and why time. why are you wearing a freaking Darryl? toboggan, man? It's Georgia. I know, summer <laughs> in Georgia. hot as hell. His hair was probably skanky. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that a shirt store was. <laughs> it's like wearing a hair shirt. It's just like a penance thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> All oh, right. My. Well, I think it's time that we take a break. Yes. All right. We'll be back. Welcome back, everyone. Um, now we're going to move on to the news for the week. We don't have much news to report, but one big thing did come out, and that was information about the webisode that's going that we're going to see soon. And that's the one where we see an infected person on an airplane and how the passengers... Well, this is the one with Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. And how yes. the passengers of the airplane react and what they do. Um, so we did find out that we are going to see it next week. During the season finale, season finale of Fear the Walking Dead, 
and they're going to show it both on TV and then it's going to be on the web. So the first time we'll see it will be directly after the episode and then they'll put it on the web and then they're going to show it again during the season premiere of The Walking Dead the next week. How long is it? It's only supposed to be less than a minute. A minute? Less than a minute. Less than a minute? No, each installment. How many installments? 16. Holy cow. Uh, (laughs) Okay, 16 installments, and they're all supposed to be that short? Yeah. Huh, okay. It's just like they did with... It's just like they did with the webisodes for The Walking Dead. Yeah. See, I never, I don't think I watched those. I actually you, I, didn't either. Yeah, I think Kim did. Kim watched I did. those. I did. Yeah. Were they good? They were very good. The first one was about how Bicycle Girl became a walker. Oh, really? Yeah. I need to go back and watch Bicycle those. Girl? She the was one the zombie, the, the of... first zombie that Rick killed. Oh, okay, okay. She was kind of half. She was only half a body. Remember? So, all right. So that's where they showed how people became zombies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's actually, what we're missing out on. You know, so so their webisodes actually gave us more information than the the Fear of the Walking Dead did. Actually, you're right because those webisodes, especially that particular one. <laughs> I think the Fear needs to have a bunch of webisodes. Then <laughs> we should probably bundle those up and send it to the writers. Oh, you because they. they <laughs> they obviously are having a little bit of an issue figuring out how it happened. Oh my god. I am. Anyways, so the web special is going to be called Fear the Walking Dead Flight 462. And it's written by El Sig Oh lord, I'm going to butcher this. Signorino <laughs> <laughs> and okay. Mike Zunick and it's directed by Michael McDonough, which is he's directed some of the Fear the Walking Dead episodes too. Signorino. <laughs> <laughs> so be sure to watch next week, kids. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Hey, how long is that episode supposed to be, the finale? Is it just a regular hour? Or? I don't think they've said yet. It's well, probably just going to be an hour. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because they, they have a lot of stuff to try and answer. They have, to lot, they have a lot to atone for. <laughs> well, they they have a lot to create a hook, is what yeah. they have. They, I mean... Uh, when does it come back on after this this episode? When is it supposed to come back on, or do they still need to decide that they already signed it, right? They've already yeah, signed it for season. thirteen episodes, I think, but they haven't right. announced starting when, the, when when the air date is. But it'll probably be a summer show. Okay, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, does it? Okay, but so it won't overlap. It's always gonna. It'll be... start sometime in the spring, probably when Walking Dead ends. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, they have a lot of time because Walking Dead is not on a lot. This is right. So, yep. It's get your webisodes. Get your webisodes. It'll be on during the Christmas season, maybe. That's <laughs> right. Christmas with Christmas with walkers. <laughs> Christmas with fear. Mm. So that's the only. Ooh. Speaking of which, news article. Speaking of which, we have no no terror time tonight. Yeah, sorry, folks. No, uh, no little tied time. up. Little tied up. Uh, did not get a chance to uh, pull anything together, so I apologize. We'll hopefully be back next week. With terror time with Scott. Any more points, Kim, for the no news? No more points for the news. Um, I want to bring up one article I read uh, online that was uh, bringing out a couple points. It was by um, Eric Kane of Forbes magazine, and his 
title was uh, Five Big Problems with Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> some of them I agree with, some of them we've hit on, some of them I'm not so sure about. But his first one that he brought up, and, and I'm going to bring these up and then you guys add anything you might want to to these. We need to actually see breakdown of civilization, government, and communities. Well, we pretty much discussed that one to a good length. To add Is there anything yeah, we, else you wanted to add? I think, to that? I think we beat that one down. I wish yeah, we had yeah. seen some more government stuff. Or other governments. Right. Or just background stuff. Like, I don't even need to know about the people it's happening to. Like, what's going on around, every, I mean, everywhere. Just, just hearing something on the radio would be cool. Yeah. Well, you I know? think the only thing we uh, saw really going on in the background was um, the ho- the hospital, the original hospital, right. went after they got out of downtown. Right. And then the mob scene. Yeah, but nothing about society in, in general. Yeah. No, then they were in a nice gated community. Right. Basically, yep. we need World War Z. Yeah, a little bit of it. Which I watched the other night. Yeah. Well, um, Kim was away. Mm-hmm. Really? And? and it was good. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. It's, it of course, it has good. nothing to do with the book, but but it was very good. No, it was. You know, I was looking at it on. I think I watched it on. Uh, uh, I can't remember if I watched it on Hulu or Amazon, but the ratings were really bad, and I was like, God, really? You know, I've seen it before. I thought it was actually pretty good. So you know, I'm gonna watch it, is, it again. It's good. Yeah, and it was good. It was pretty. It was pretty well done. I agree. All right, number two point: uh, the main characters are really boring and stupid. Well, again, we've talked about this somewhat. Yep. Uh, I don't. Do I, I don't think they're boring. I don't. I don't think they're boring either. And yeah, I'm, stupid I'm so... is just. I mean, stupid is they're naive. Stupid they're ignorant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're naive and ignorant as to what's going on, but. Wouldn't you be yeah. in a zombie apocalypse when zombies don't even exist? Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't say they were stupid and boring. I would say more like, for me, maybe they're not necessarily realistic. Yeah. That's where I have problems with. I, I just can't see people acting the way they do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I agree. Yeah, it's, um, you know, Travis is going out for a jog like everything's normal. No one's trying to find any information. That just blows my mind. It still bugs me. Point number three. There's too much fluff, even in the plotting slow pace show. Okay, what's an example of fluff this guy gives? <laughs> uh, trying to, I think too much of the, uh, trying to build the relationships between the people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we, we talked about with uh, that with uh, Chris and Alicia. I mean, I think they need to build it a little bit, but yeah, I could see. But, you know, they've said that from the very beginning that this, this show is going to be more about the relationships than anything else mm-hmm. and would be oh, totally then, different from the walking dead in that respect well maybe they need to rethink that strategy <laughs> um <laughs> but i don't understand how that's different how it's any different than the walking dead though well the walking there's a dead, lot though, of fluff and, there and relationship stuff in the walking dead right but it isn't it is it it happens during the crises too you know i mean it, yeah. it's kind of you discover the characters after the fact you know they're introduced, they get into situations, and then you find out more about them. And these folks, they're trying to fill us all in with their background stories and everything before anything's really happening. Mm-hmm. And it's just taking up way too much time. Yeah, I would agree with that. Get on the road, get moving around, get get some crises. Yeah, happening, but I mean, how do you how do you let that get come pe- back? How do you get people to attach to a character if they don't have anything to attach to? You know, I mean, there well, there has to be. It some, worked for I, The Walking Dead. Yeah, there's different ways to build a character like that. 
I mean, we, we saw characters like Dale. We keep harping on Dale's clothes, but Dale, mm-hmm. a character everybody liked, Dale, right? Yeah. Dale didn't have any, he didn't have anything to him. There was nothing to him when you met him other than he was an old guy in an RV. Yeah. Oh, right? Dale. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking somebody his else. Stuff, Excuse me. His stuff was built as the story went on. Yep. In during the crises and so forth. I think that's that's fine. I yeah. I think this show is desperately in need of uh, some a strong editor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm excuse me. I was confused. Not Dale. Uh, Dale is the guy that was in love with the radiator on the front of his vehicle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, he was. All right. Well, I I mean, I I would agree that yeah, they've gone a little too far, but I think there's some of that that's probably needed. And you know, uh, I'm start not con- and and right. people want to see zombies and like death and everything right now. Right. But the problem is that maybe if they hadn't pushed us so far into the future, they would have more of an excuse not to show us that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they they kind of took away that whole excuse with yeah. hey, 9 days later, yeah. Everybody's dead. Yeah. Yes. So okay, here's so, what we got. So stop holding back. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to just start that way, fine. You know, I'll watch the show, but I mean, geez, we got Sold a little bit of a uh, bill of goods on the uh, the whole be there for the uh, start of the apocalypse deal. Yes. Okay. So next point number four. There's not much fear here. I I agree. I think the fear is building. I was definitely anxious it during is. this episode. A little bit. It's taken a long time to get to it though. Well, that's the same way it happens in the real world though. Like think about if you were in the apocalypse and. Things starts happening around you. Like at first you're like, what the hell? Like, that's just weird. That's strange. What's going on? And it takes something actually happening to you before you're like, holy bucket shit. And you're scared. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But come on. You have a uh, you have a crazy court case going on and CNN's going to cover that thing 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. You're going to get, you know, if something like this is happening and CNN's got it on 24 hours a day, you're going to get scared. That's going to be scary. If we all of a sudden hear that the Russians are moving into Syria, that's going to get scary. Mm-hmm. Right? And it'll be publicized and it'll be talked about. It'll be shown. That's real fear. They don't have that in this. No, they missed, they missed all the, the ma- absolute mayhem. Which they tried to portray with that mob scene, and you that's can't do it with two just, scenes. I mean, no, scenes. you couldn't. You couldn't. It was there needed to be like, like cameras dropping. What the hell? Kind of what just happened? Kind of right. feelings, and that never happened. Yeah. It was just like, oh, the military's here. Oh, uh-huh. and he even Travis said, oh, you know, our the cavalry's here. Now I feel better, or something like that. Right. Um, I I do feel, I mean, definitely the fear thing, like I talked about before, like some of the characters are bringing some of that in. But, yeah, it's definitely very far, few and far between, and you're really having to look for it almost. Yeah, I mean, a good example, Stuart, was, um, I can't remember what what it was called. Uh, Everybody remembers it, though, in the 1970s when they had that, they made that movie about the uh, nuclear war between the U.S. and Russia. Firing mm-hmm. off the missiles. Um, Dr. Strangelove? No, 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 no. About a family in Kansas or whatever. Uh, it was real 70s. famous. Yeah. I don't it was remember. Real famous at the time. Remember, anyway. I was born in 77. But they would have scenes like like the, the one kid was going to University of Kansas, I think, and he was he would be walking down the hall, and all these people would be huddled around radios talking about, and the radio would be talking about to uh, an American ship 
blowing up a Russian ship in the Persian Gulf. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and everybody would be kind of like, oh, my God, you know, all this kind of stuff going on. And then they'd find, then they'd come home and they see something on the TV about a confrontation in, in Israel or something. Um, and it kept building the tension that way, just kept building it. Right, right, right. And it grew real fear. I mean, that that movie scared the hell out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they they could have easily drawn out, like, the time that it took for them to do a day in the life of, they could have easily done that in, like, the entire series. Just built up everything that you had just talked about. And that's what I was starting saying from the start. It was like they... They um, moved it too quick. They moved the entire storyline mm-hmm. so quick, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's too slow." But it, 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 the whole thing felt so quick. But there was no content right. to it at all. It was there was no build up. There was, oh, you know, Alicia likes this guy. Oh, we're at the school. There, blah 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 blah. But there was no, um, there was no content to like. Well, there was a little bit. Like they they showed like the guy in the park. Mm-hmm. You know, and you saw that, and there's. But they didn't. They need to build that up like like thirty times more, you know that sort yeah. of stuff happening in the background, and and seeing like the disease or whatever the infection, whatever the hell it is, like taking hold of society, without people really understanding it was happening, right? right. You know, and they could have built that up for three episodes, and you're like, what the hell? Who is that guy? Did you see that guy back there? He was ordering a pizza, <laughs> right? Right, and then he ate his face off. That's or right. something. I don't know. Like, that dude's hand just fell off. Like, right. What the hell? They're eating tacos right now. They don't see, like, the guy at the register being eaten. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's, that would uh, be too far. By the way, that movie was called The Day After. Okay. Uh, Very famous from uh, 1983, actually. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was six. Mm-hmm. God, why didn't I see that? You do know they have video. <laughs> okay. I will. I will look it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, let's move on to our last point. When the do- when the Walking Dead comes back on, the gap between the two shows will be even more apparent. The contrast. Yes. The show. The fear is going to suffer for the contrast. That might happen. Uh, yeah. See. Yeah. I, I don't. It'll be interesting. I think. Um, well, it kind of comes back to your point about if the show if the show existed without um, The Walking Dead, would we like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So if this show ends and there's not The Walking Dead coming on a week later, I think they might the audience might be a little bit better with it. But then they turn around and, and all of a sudden The Walking Dead's on and they're they're kind of like, what was that other show? I don't remember what that was. I, I and I have a feeling that's happening already because the ratings are still dropping on on this show. And I think people, everything that I see online, on social media, it's all about season six starting. People aren't really paying attention to this show anymore. And even news items. News items are hard to find right now because there's nothing out right. there. Well, AMC's <laughs> focused on the Walking Dead startup, not, not the yeah. end of the future. Right, and well, that's yeah, and you look, unfortunate, you look at too. Twitter and you look at um, any, like Kim saying, any of the other social media outlets and everybody's like, Oh, only two more Sundays to go, and and we'll have Walking Dead back. And um, right, they can't compete. That's for sure. No, and I mean they made Fear the Walking Dead an event when it started. Yeah. Yep. But they're not making the finale an event. Nope. I've barely no. heard anything about the finale. Yep. And that's sad it's, because it's going. It's 
it's going to be the appetizer between times that you're watching The Walking Dead, unfortunately, I think. But AMC should be promoting it more. Yeah. I still yeah. have to say I like the show standalone. I still like the show, too. I'm working it on it. It has its faults, but it's pretty good. <laughs> I, what I keep thinking about is I want to see what's happening. I totally want to see what's happening. I want to see where the story goes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't agree with some of the decisions sometimes. I feel like it is a different animal, for sure, and I, I, I want it to be. Um, but, yeah, it definitely doesn't have that feeling of of what and depth of what had been created in the first time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Agreed. Um, yeah, so that's the end of that. Thank you, Eric, for your... Uh, your article we appreciate it that guy's name was eric eric kane yeah send me his email yes ma'am all right so (laughs) that being said um kim do we have any listener feedback to share no unfortunately we have no listener feedback come on folks you can type it's not hard yeah one finger after another yeah we love to hear from you guys, and we love to hear what you think about both Fear the Walking Dead and our podcast. So even if it's good or bad, whatever. So please just um, send us any... You can rip me for being negative. <laughs> I don't care. Come you on. can rip us all for being negative. Yeah, yeah. Um, come on. Let us so send us an email, write to us on our Facebook page, and you can now find us on Twitter and other places. Where are we at? Oh, you can find you. We're on Stitcher. We're on you know if you, it's a radio um, app that you can get on the, your iPhone or Android, I believe. And uh, we're also on SoundCloud, which is another um, podcast feed uh, that you can go to if you like SoundCloud. SoundCloud, woo woo! Yeah, SoundCloud has tons of good music on it too, um, up and coming artists and things like that, which is great. Um, but you got to like us there. Exactly. Or you're um, not allowed on it. Yeah, and I'll, please visit the website, uh, fearmepodcast.com, uh, and see us on Facebook and give us some likes if you can. And uh, most of all, just download and listen and enjoy, because that's why we're here. We're not here to really get anything, but to just uh, talk it out and, and hopefully get some feedback from people. and, and um, Change our minds. Tell us what you think. Tell us yeah. what, why we... Why we're idiots. Yeah, change Scott's mind especially because he's bringing me down. <laughs> it's a project. It's a project I give all of our listeners to do. Yeah, if you can save change Scott. Scott it's... Actually, save Stuart from Scott. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> save me from both of them. He's ruled oh, my life for you. too long. Exactly right. Little brother. <laughs> so please, please tune in next week because there is going to be stuff to talk about. Yes, there will. So, speaking of next week on Fear of the Walking Dead, um, that'll be episode six, The Good Man. Um, As civil unrest grows and the dead take over, Travis and Madison try to devise ways to protect their families. This will be directed by Stefan Schwartz, who's uh, done a couple things here. looks like Dexter and The Walking Dead and Doctor Who and a couple other things. And the writers are uh, Dave Erickson and Robert Kirkman. What do you guys think you're going to see next week? I was just going to say Stefan Schwartz also directed Low Winter Sun, which um, Lenny James was in, who plays Morgan on The Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh Very nice. Very short-lived show last Uh year or the year before. 
We watched a couple of episodes and it did not did grab we? us. Yeah, it was the one about him being, he was a cop. And I think he was a dirty oh, cop. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it didn't last very okay. long. So what do you guys think? What's what's going to happen next week? Man, I have finale? no idea. God, I hope um, a lot. <laughs> I know. Like I said before, I mean, they have a lot to try and hook some people into this. Um, I'm already hooked into a bunch of it. Um, but I'm hoping that they don't piecemeal little bits of information like they have before. Um, I have a feeling they're probably going to have some big event. Well, there's a reach. <laughs> well, there's got, I mean, no, okay. A big <laughs> event as in there's going to be like some horde of walkers or something because they haven't given us really any. Oh, there's going to be a big old horde of walkers. Yeah, because they got, they've got the arena. Yeah, I think those chains the, are coming the down. The question is whether Daniel is going to be, is he letting those dudes out? That's yeah, what I, I was wondering so. too. So, but he looked pretty freaked out. Of course, he's freaked out, but he can use it to his advantage. Advantage. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to get his family ready to bolt. Yep. Is he going to be the new Michonne, and he's going to like have like a couple of the walkers to torture people with? Maybe. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. Anyways, yes. So, um, sorry for the uh, yeah the big event thing, but yes. I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> well, yeah. I do think that they're going to definitely make their way over to the hospital to try to get Liza and Nick. And of course, with Nick will come the closer. And with Liza will come the doctor. And they're all going to try to escape together. Um, now, I had not thought about Daniel letting the walkers out of the um, the arena. The arena. But that's a good point. He might use that as a div- diversion when they're right. trying to I think escape. That's exactly what he's going to do. But I think I mean, there, I mean, there had to been a reason he went to see him. Yeah. That was my th- yeah. My thought was he was either going over there to, to do that, or he was just going to see him just to just to know, convince himself that it's not, happening. Yeah. He or he well, might think, not believe the or guy. He just wants to check the set out set up and so that he knows that he can go do that if he needs to. But you remember the one thing he said to the guy after he stopped torturing, and the guys told him exactly that that those guys were in the or that everybody was in the arena. He said, "I believe you." Right. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, does he really believe him? So that's at, when he went over there. At first, I was thinking mm-hmm. he's going over to to you know verify that everything was in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of on the fence as to whether he's actually going to do anything with all them. But they're probably just going to get out if he doesn't let them out because they look like they're about to bust through the doors anyways. I'm 99% convinced he's going to let those dudes out. You think so? You think it's going to be on him? God, how would he do that? He'd have to like set off a bomb or something. It doesn't look like he has much to do because the doors are already like the the buckling. He just goes along and unclips the change and moves to the next door. Those those walkers are not exactly the fastest people around. You hope. Um, Yep. Um, They are fresh. I think the next episode should be called The Big Escape. Because I think that's what mm. it's going to be. Yeah, I wonder who the good man is. I don't know. Well, it's not it's the not Strand. Yeah, it's not <laughs> Strand. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he's going to work into the next episode. I hope he does. Oh, you know who the good man is? It's Travis. Oh yeah. This is going to be Travis's coming out party. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. I hope good so. Point. Yeah, I think he's the good man. I like it. All right, we solved that. You don't even need to watch it. Scott, <laughs> I, I think you're the good man, Scott. <laughs> oh, Scott. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap things up, Stuart. What could you do for us on that? 
All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for another episode of Fear Me, a podcast about Fear the Walking Dead. You can find us on iTunes, like we just mentioned a minute ago. Um, go there and subscribe to us so that you don't miss another one of our episodes. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Fear Me Podcast. We are also now on SoundCloud, Twitter. Where else? Did I miss anything? Stitcher. Stitcher. And we have our own Facebook page. Uh, not Facebook. We have our own website. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Facebook page. That is there. But I think you already mentioned FearMePodcast.com yes. is our website where you can also leave comments about each of our episodes. Um, and if you have any uh, desire to get in touch with us to leave comments about the show or one of our shows, you can contact us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com or leave a comment on our Facebook page. And please be sure to rate us on iTunes because every time you rate us, uh, we bump up a little bit in the ratings. So thank you. All right. So we'll be back next week to review the season finale for Fear the Walking Dead, episode six. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Bye. Good night. Y'all be cool. Those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.